This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. I'm sad to our listeners. I'm Glad Billy Moria, and I offer my most loving and humble prayers at the Lord's feet of our beloved Bhagwan, Sri Sai Baba. So today we'll be hearing the final part two on the topic of make God the first priority in life. So this is a talk given by Arvind from Prasanti. So let's get into it. Of the captain of a ship, as he was, you know, uh, as he used to take the ship in the seas, in the oceans, the passengers observed that this captain was a very religious person. Every day he says his prayers. Without fail. And they used to wonder, you know, what is there so much to pray about? What is he praying so intensely about? But this captain would always pray. And then came that day when there was a storm in the sea. The waves became so huge, the ship began to rock. And the whole ship was praying now. And as the whole ship was praying, the only person who was not praying on the ship was this captain. He was not praying. He was steering the ship. And he managed to steer the ship out of the trouble. And then they asked him, they said, Captain, every time you pray, and when we really needed prayers, you are not praying. What kind of logic is this? The captain says, no, 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 you are mistaken. I pray when the sailing is good. Because that time there is no need for me to do anything. The sailing is good, I have got a lot of time, I have got free time, I pray. And the prayers that I do when the sailing is good, stands me in good stead when the sailing becomes bad. I need not pray at that time. Automatically strength is given and I am able to navigate the ship. That is not the time for me to pray. That is the time for me to act and I will keep acting. I will do the work that is necessary. We do the other way. We are like the passengers of the ship. When the sailing is good, we just make merry. We just have fun. The smallest wave that hits the ship, we start to pray and say, what is this happening? Some of us don't do that also. There is a small wave. We have trust in the ship. We have trust in the captain. It's only when the waves become really big, we start turning to God. Kabir Das in his Doha says, Dukh mein sumiran sab kare, sukh mein kare na koi. In times of difficulty, everyone prays. But in times of happiness, nobody prays. And the next line he says, Jo sukh mein sumiran kare, dukh ka hai ko hoi. If you have thought of God in times of joy, why will you ever have sorrow? Like this captain. The captain was not panicked. Captain was not scared. Because he has thought of God in his good times. So he never has a bad time. The bad time is also a good time. The good time is when he thinks of the Lord. The bad time is when the Lord is thinking of him. That's all the difference for him. And so therefore, we can make God as the first resort in our life only if he is also the first priority in our life. And making God the first priority is easier said than done. The other day there was a talk on the three zeros. Where if we say, God, we cherish you the most, God takes away all the wealth and says, now do you cherish me or do you cherish the wealth? It's not that God is the saddest and he's trying to test us. He doesn't need to test us. He knows what our worth is. He knows what we want. And he knows that we are fooling ourselves by saying, God, we want only you. When we actually want something else. In order to show that to us, to tell us that, You are theoretically seeking the right thing, but actually you are not seeking that. He takes away what we are seeking and says, see, this is what you are seeking, you are not seeking God. 
Because if you are truly seeking God, then you will never complain on health front, on the wealth front, on the relationship front, on any front. Because it doesn't matter because that's not what I am seeking. I speak over here, but the slightest of medical problems, the slightest of financial difficulties, and I am so worried. Which means I am just a good speaker. Like that speaker. The words that I speak are not coming from me, it's coming from him. That's what Swami told, you know. And Swami was once asking everybody, who's, who was the speaker day before, who was the speaker yesterday, everybody is raising their, I am the speaker, I am the speaker. That is when the instrumental music that would play for 15 minutes before everyday bhajans began. Swami asked, from where is the music coming? Then the boy said, from the speaker. Swami, from the speaker. And he laughed because he thought, wow, you know, it was all speaker, speaker and now again it's speaker. Swami said, no, it's not coming from the speaker. Yes, Swami, it's coming from the speaker. I'm not asking sound, I'm asking where is the music coming from? Oh, Swami, music local ninchi. Means from inside, Swami. Music, because inside the bhajan all the, the flutist or the sitar player would sit and play. Swami said, remember, you're just the speaker. It, everything comes from inside. Not only the music, bhajan music, but whatever you speak, whatever you sing, it is the Lord who speaks, it is the Lord who inspires. And that is why sitting here and speaking, I am in an inspired state. But when it comes to me, practically I forget. I forget and I take resort to my own intelligence, my own abilities, my own strength. That's why I fail. Because my strength is small, the Lord's strength is immense, infinite. The little girl Agnes, as a child, broke open her piggy bank, she had three pennies. And Agnes said that I want to take care of the poor and suffering people. And somebody laughed at her and said, Agnes, with three pennies you can't do anything. You can't do anything in this world with three pennies. She said, with three pennies I can't do anything, but with three pennies and God, there is nothing in this world that I cannot do. And Agnes Bojaxo today is known as Mother Teresa. She is a saint. That was how she started off. It is God actually that gives value and makes us do. And therefore it makes sense that we turn to him as a first resort. But for that we have to make him our first priority. Otherwise, I am not saying that if we don't do that, God won't help. I am just saying that it is not possible for us to sincerely take God as a first resort. When something is always not in the top of our mind, how can it suddenly become the top of our mind? That is what we learn from Ajamila's story. And Swami's take on that. Ajamila's story goes that he was a person who did a lot of good and then fell into bad ways. And when the time of his death came, he knew that he was going to go to hell. So he called out to his son because the messengers of death were coming. His son's name happened to be Narayana. And because he took Narayana's name, he was saved. This is a story that is quoted to say, if you take the Lord's name before you die, everything is redeemed. But if we study the Puranas, we realize that this Ajamila didn't get liberation instantly. He then realized the folly of the life he led so far. He was grateful to God for having given him another chance. And the next two decades of his life, he spent in intense austerity and penance, after which he got liberated. So, as a shortcut, as a way, as a marketing ploy, you know, for people to take up spirituality, it is said, you don't have to do anything. Just when you die, take the Lord's name, it is all fine. It's easier said than done. We experience a temporary death every day, what we call sleep. What are our last, last thoughts as we go to sleep, as we drift to sleep? 
I have tried many times. I keep doing Namasmarana thinking of Swami, but somehow as the mind goes, as I am feeling sleepy, the mind meanders. And the last thought before I sleep is not Swami. Unless the majority of my life is filled with Swami, the last thought before I sleep cannot be Swami. Statistically, if I have entertained thoughts of hundred things, and one of the things is Swami, then before I sleep, there's a 1% chance that I may think of Swami. So too, extending that analogy, before I die, there's a 1% chance I may think of Swami. I may think of many other things. In order to think of the Lord at the moment of death, the whole life I have to be thinking of the Lord. As I said, just think of God before you die, it will all be fine, is a marketing ploy. Once you join the company, you, you realize what all you have to do, just to think of the Lord when you die. You have to spend your whole life thinking of the Lord. So too, it's easy to say that when any difficulty comes, just turn to God as the first resort. We won't be able to do it. We just won't be able to. We'll sit and say, Swami, you take care. And the next moment, our mind will be back, our brains will be back working out what we should do, which hospital we should admit or what action should be taken, from where I should arrange a loan, whatever. Though I offered it to Swami to take care, I have taken it back on myself. It's like briefly showing it to Swami and taking it back. It's like the child, you know, who was taken on a horse carriage ride by his father. His father had this horse carriage and as a child he would, this boy was a child, he would take him in the carriage for a ride through the roads and this boy would enjoy it so much. Sitting in the carriage, the wind beating on his face, he's looking at the sights all around, it's magnificent, the feeling of speed, the thrill, it's all so enjoyable. Till he looks at his father who is holding the reins and controlling the horses. And he says, Dad, can I do that? Dad says, why you want to do that? Just enjoy the ride. So no, no, Dad, I also want to do. I can also control the horse. It's fun. I, I think it's fun. Dad says, okay, take it. So he takes the rein and he holds it. The instant he holds it, he feels so powerful. He's in charge now. I can take the chariot wherever I want. That's what he thinks. And then he realizes that his tiny hands are no match for the horse's strength. He is thinking he is in charge, but the horses are pulling him wherever he, he, they want to go. And the harder he tries to hold, the harder he hurts his hands. It's paining so much, he is not able to do it. And the dad he starts crying. And the dad says, hey, don't worry, and takes over the reins. And the boy is back, happy. He says, wow, this is fun. The wounds heal, his hands become fine. And his dad, can I hold again? Because the child doesn't seem to be learning. That's what we do, you know. We think we are in charge, we take in charge, we get pained, we get hurt. We turn to God as a last resort. God comes to the rescue. And we then realize, yes, God is best. God, it's best that I hand over the reins of my life into God's hand. That conclusion holds good till the wounds heal. Once the wounds heal, my ego is back. I again feel I can take charge. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Swami, for carrying this load so far. Now put it back on. I can take over. I can take over now. What makes you think that you can take over? What makes us think we can take over? Therefore, you know, it makes better sense that we turn to God as the first resort. And as I said, for that, we need to make God the first priority. Without making God the first priority, it is impossible. Simply not possible. Because it will never happen. Let us look at our own lives. How many times have we been able to turn to God irrespective of whether it's a happy situation or a sad situation? Oftentimes, when everything else fails, we come to Swami. Swami, everything else has failed. And we come to Swami. 
That is what Swami told in an interview to a classmate of mine. During the interview, Swami asked him, and I have quoted this so many times, because it's so powerful. Swami asked him, have you attended a wedding? Have you gone for a marriage? Yes, Swami. Who is fed first in the wedding? Swami, the, the guests. In any wedding, it usually happens. The closer you are to the couple, either to the bride or groom, the later you will have your dinner or lunch. The less you know them, the faster you will have your food. If you don't know, if you don't know anything, the couple's brother's friend is some friend of yours and he has said just drop in. You just drop in. If the line is too long, possibly you don't even go on stage. You just say hi, hello to your friend there. Go have dinner and leave. Because you know what, the couple will not miss me if they don't see me also, doesn't matter. But if you are the brother or sister of the bride or the groom, oh, you'll be having it much later. That's how it is in the wedding. So he said, first, the friends and guests are the ones who have food. After that, who has the food? Who has food? After that, it is the family that has food. After the family, oh, it is the closest ones. Then, then the bride and groom eat. <laughs> they eat towards the end. Okay, after that, so after that everyone is fed. Yeah, everyone is fed, but food is still remaining. What do you do? Ah, Swami, then everybody who has helped, you know, the workers in the kitchen, whoever is there, the management of that hall, there will be some people. Everybody will call and, yeah, they will have food. If food still remains after that, ah, Swami, we will take it to the road and do Narayan Seva. This is how we do Narayan Seva. We finish all our desires, whatever is excess, ah, that is Narayan Seva. <clears throat> I don't want to waste it. Narayan Seva is our spiritual equivalent of quicker or OLX. What we don't want, we want to dispose and get some merit out of it. So we do Narayan Seva. I finish all my tax savings. I'm telling what I do. In the end, some, ah, this will do. Yeah. I've done everything and now I need to get some more tax savings. So, so donate. Ah, now tax saving done. Oh boy, I've done donation. I have. If I want to do donation, first thing I should do as I get my salary is donate. But that's not my intention. I want to save tax there. At the same time, feel that I have done a donation. That's why we do. That's how we do. Swami, please, let me get this. Let me get this contract. If I get this contract, I'll give you 108 coconuts. Some elephant or what, Swami is? You know? We give him like this bribes. 108 coconuts. Why? Because I'm getting a 10, a 10 lakh contract there. I'll give you 1 lakh, Swami, if I get this contract. <laughs> Some commission agent or what? That's how we do. You know, it's not. It's just that some kind of we want to satisfy our own self that, ah, I did good. That's why we say like this. That's what we do. We do at home. Food remains. In the end, what remains? Yeah, give it to the maid servant or go give it to the watchman. See, we're giving them. We're giving them such good food. They may never make paneer, mutter, masala. Correct. They never make. We're giving them a chance to eat paneer, mutter, masala. If you want to give them a chance to eat paneer, mutter, masala, as soon as you cook, fill one dabba and give it to them. No, no, no. no. Hey, we'll, let's all eat. If it remains, Tommy or Brownie at home will also eat. Still it remains what to do. Let's, come on, let's, let's, let's give them pavam. They never get. Let them feed their children also. In fact, during 1975, the 50th birthday celebration, Swami made it very clear. He said, Nara and Seva, people translated as poor feeding. That's what it has become today, poor feeding. Once in a while you do feeding, that also you do it poorly. Poor not as to whom you are feeding, but to the quality of the feeding that you do. Poor it is. Poor quality. 
How many times has Swami done this in the interview room where he has pointed out to a person saying for family you give 40 rupees rice, for Nara and Seva 15 rupees rice, correct? Poor feeding it is. Because the quality of feeding you do is poor. In that discourse Swami said if you want to do Nara and Seva, from what you eat every day, take one handful and keep it aside, which means sacrifice that much. Instead of filling your belly 100%, fill it only 70%, keep aside 30%. Collect that over one month and give. It's not about affordability, it's about sacrifice. Because Swami says, Nakarmana, not by actions, Naprajaya, not with your progeny, Dhanena, not with your wealth, Tyagenaike, only by sacrifice can you get immortality. So it doesn't matter whether you are a millionaire, a multi-millionaire, a billionaire. It doesn't matter whether you are giving one box of food, one sack of food. What matters is, are you sacrificing to give that? Instead of eating five biscuits, am I eating only four biscuits and giving one biscuit? That's a greater sacrifice than just giving 10 rupees. I can give 10 rupees, right? So I give 10 rupees and buy a biscuit packet and give. So when Swami says to do Narayan Seva, it's not to encourage equitable distribution of wealth in the world. It is to encourage sacrifice. When Swami encourages us to do ceiling on desires, to control our desires, it is not because we should, you know, once it had happened like that, when Swami had said about ceiling on desires, people said, yes, let us, let us cut down our wastage. And whatever we are able to save by cutting down wastage of food, water, everything, let's put that to some good use. And one idea that came up was good use is let us donate it to Central Trust. So it started off as a good idea. Finally, it became like some kind of a, you know, me meeting your targets. We have to donate this much, ceiling on desire savings. That year, Swami just blasted away. He said, I don't want anything, return it back. To each state, how much ever was given, returned back. You take it and do some seva there. Swami said, don't think that the ceiling on desires program has started as a way to get small deposits into the Central Trust. This is to encourage sacrifice in each individual being because without sacrifice, you can't achieve the highest. You have to sacrifice. And you have to do it joyously. Just like the hand sacrifices for the leg. Each organ of the body does so much sacrifice for the other. Gets nothing in return, apparently. But the hand, when it is serving the body, knows that in return it will get its blood free from the heart. It will get its energy free, what the mouth is eating. So, deep within the hand knows that I am not doing any service. I am just doing my bit to keep this machinery running. That's how we have to work. That's why sacrifice is important. Because it's our bit we do. We depend on so many others for all our things day to day. For the clothes we wear, for the food we eat. I am paying for it. Ah, you are paying for it, but somebody is growing and sacrificing. If we had only money, nothing would, <laughs> nothing would happen with money. That's what happens during times of war, right? When the society breaks down, you have nothing. Your money is absolutely useless. Your currency loses value, there is nothing. No police, it is jungle. It is a jungle out there. Anybody can hit your hand, take away your thing, go away, nothing. What is the use of money then? The security that we have, the roads that we have, the infrastructure we have, it is all because of somebody else's sacrifices. So I too have to make my sacrifice. So Narayan Seva means sacrifice. It is not what remains after the bride and groom have eaten. But anyway, this boy said that. After they are eaten, Swami, we will do Narayan Seva with that. After doing Narayan Seva, all the food remains, what you will do? Oh, Swami, now, Swami, we throw, Swami. We throw 
to a place where you know crows and dogs will come they will eat hmm and then swami said you know when it comes to your love swami is like that crow and dog you go and offer your love everywhere to people whom you know the least people whom you love you take for granted and after having offered it to everybody when you realize everything is false then you come and say oh lord you are my only refuge then what is the use so i would say it is akin to offering a banana leaf on which all the food has been eaten and we give that to the lord when we don't give first priority to the lord we don't give any priority to the lord there is nothing like a second priority to god it's either first priority or no priority and swami said that's how it is that's how you all you are you only see you go behind a guy you go behind a girl that doesn't work out you are in pain saying brother what should i do this is what it is this boy is from a good family this girl is from this family this you turning to swami now when you met that boy or a girl you didn't have the wisdom to turn to swami and seek his blessings now when everything is collapsing you're turning to swami medically also every in every case god becomes our last resort because he is also possibly our last priority because if he is our top priority he will be the first resort first thing anything happens i'll go and tell swami only because that's how my priority list is anything that happens i'm telling swami so naturally when something in quotes bad also happens i tell swami only that's why i say it's not possible to make god our first resort unless he's our first priority i used to think you know swami possibly my faith in you is not so firm my faith shakes once in a while because somebody's suffering from a terrible disease i prayed to you and now i don't know you know you'll do whatever is good for that person so if good for the person is to leave leave the body i'm not happy with that swami because my prayer is that you should make him or her all right that's where faith comes in you know faith that the lord knows what is good and he will do what is good and that faith will keep me smiling whether that person is alive or dead because the person dies also it's for the good so i'm smiling because i have complete faith that my lord does everything for the good but the thing is i don't have that faith that's why i feel that if he is saved it is good if he dies it's bad that's why on radio sai also you'll see only articles where they pray to swami and swami cured them <laughs> you'll never see articles where swami they prayed to swami and that person died because we feel that hey you know if he died means it's a hey no, no 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 this is not a good story because you know swami's grace is not seen we think life is grace death is not grace it is built into us as an institution as an individual as an organization it's built like that that's why we pick only those stories and tell what in a worldly wise is a happy ending for the soul for all that we know dying is good but that's because that's why i say we lack the faith whether we accept it or not we lack the faith otherwise we need not listen to a satsang and we need not tell somebody tell me miracles of swami miracles meaning if you tell me tell a miracle of swami and i'll tell he was suffering from cancer doctor said it's no use they came to swami swami didn't look at them and the boy died hey, what is a miracle there's no miracle there it's a miracle we feel it's a miracle only if he lives otherwise it's not a miracle miracle is something that god does right so if he lives it is what god has done if he died then who, then who did it No, 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 I, this is not miracle. No, no, no. Fine, your theory and all is fine, but don't talk such things in satsang hall. Tell only cases where cancer got cured. But the reality is, for every one case of cancer being cured, there are ten, hundreds others which didn't get cured. 
possibly they didn't pray with enough faith nothing like that for every wilma rudolph who overcame polio and ran and won the olympic gold medal there are thousands others who have put in equal effort but have not won the gold medal have not yet been able to walk also it would be wrong to say that you didn't pray enough you didn't put hard enough efforts it's wrong it's not like that but what is right to say is that was lord's will this is the lord's will so it's wonderful whether you run or don't run it's wonderful and for that we need to have complete faith in swami so my thought was swami swami how do i make you first priority when i don't have that faith in you i claim to have faith in you i say you are god but i don't have that faith because i have my joys and sorrows that's a simple thumb test how to know whether i have complete faith do i have ups and downs in life in my emotions if yes then i don't have faith because if i have faith i should not have ups and downs there no need to be proud and excited because that's the lord's will what is there about me and somebody comes and tells awesome speech you gave <laughs> superb somebody comes and says what you spoke is utter rubbish you are one egoistic bombastic fellow what the hell do you know when you criticize that you are also egoistic i get upset i don't take everything i this is lord's will so there nothing for me to feel happy about because swami wanted this person to say like this there nothing for me to feel sad about swami wanted this person to say like this so the, the rule of the thumb to know whether i have complete faith is if i have ups and downs if i have ups and downs i don't have complete faith and faith is not an analog quantity it's a digital thing either it is there or not there so i can't say i had yesterday i had 55% faith today i am having 70% no yesterday also i didn't have faith today also i didn't have faith so i was thinking so swami how can i make you my first priority though that's my desire to make you my first priority if i don't have faith in you if i don't have that faith this also thankfully you know one of my classmates told it to swami he had this opportunity to push swami's chair and once when he was sitting and doing pad seva he told swami i have a confession to make swami asked what is that he said swami i don't think i have faith in you swami and he thought he had landed a bombshell on swami he didn't know that swami had planned a reverse bombshell swami said, you don't have faith do you love swami swami i love you swami but but sorry swami i don't have faith it was almost in tears i don't have faith swami swami said if you love me that's enough no need of faith also that is the compassion of the lord i got my answer because it's fine swami says it's fine if you don't have faith i know it's tough to have that kind of faith to just love swami that's enough keep that love for swami in your heart it will all happen that's what i assume so therefore i am sincerely in my attempt in my effort to make god the first resort in my life in order to do that i am in my efforts to make the god first priority in my life in order to do that i am trying to become a faithful person to have faith in him but even if that doesn't seem to be succeeding i know one thing for sure that i love him and that is why always whenever i get the opportunity whether physically whether in my dream or in a talk like this where i know he's sitting and listening i have only that prayer to make swami let my love for you grow stronger with every passing moment with that thank you for your patient listening jai sai ram
For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.